Right. I know. I knew that. I didn't know someone from Community wrote it. Dean Pelton. Really? Yes. Moby? Hey, this is David, and welcome to another episode of I Finally Watched. And this is Alon, and I finally watched The Descendants. So, Alon, this is a movie that uh, I really like, um, and it kind of, it means a lot to me. Um, and I also generally just like movies set in Hawaii. Um, and this is like probably one of my, one of my tops that I can think of. Um, I think it's just like a really like, it's just like a really interesting movie because it's such a tragic story, but then there's like so, so much like comedy in it and so many funny moments. And I think that's like very like appropriate when you have to deal with death because like you're definitely like obviously sad but there is like normal life going around and, and there is like these moments where you're laughing and then you feel bad for laughing and you get sad and then you laugh again. Um, and this is just a movie that I really enjoyed. And um, it's funny. <laughs> I was just reading before we started the IMDb description of this is a land baron tries to reconnect with his two daughters after his wife is seriously injured in a boating accident. I was like, he's not really a land baron, but I think it's just a really, I don't know, it's a really great story. It's really a beautiful movie to watch. And I, 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 um, I'm a big fan of it. Uh, so uh, what did you think watching The Descendants? Yeah, I think it's, I think it's really interesting. Um, I, I was kind of trying to find, kind of when the movie started really going, and I think I was expecting kind of a different movie, um, especially having like George Clooney star in it. Because most of his movies are action packed. And if not action packed, like there's a lot of moving parts. And there's not a lot of moving parts with this movie. This movie kind of moves kind of slow, but in a, in a really kind of thought provoking, sentimental kind of way. Um, I especially like how this movie starts with you see the wife. I, I have to assume right before her boating accident, or maybe it was just like a, a slice of her life enjoying it before her coma, but it gives you like a kind of um, a vision of her that you're not able to see in the rest of the movie. And then throughout character dialogue and what you can figure out through, you know, what her husband says and her daughters describe her as, you kind of get the sense of the woman that she is, that they thought she was, and then maybe who, you know, more more than that. Um, but yeah, it's it's kind of like one of those movies that is just really down to earth and uh, makes you think thoughts of of love, loss, and like it's kind of like a grieving movie you know right i actually thought it was kind of a weird choice to open up with you know i have no idea who the wife is in real life the actress that plays mm. that part um and Me so op- opening up with someone who and i think a lot of times when you have a character that's just like a, a, a non-moving body that's either in a hospital or a morgue setting like you're never going to usually have like a, a well-known person playing that. So like starting on the face of this person who you don't know, just like smiling in the sunset as like they're going through these waves, I guess. thought it was a little weird. Um, but yeah, this movie is just kind of like a day in the life, like, but there's so much going on, right? Like, and it kind of starts out with the narration of explaining like, you know, everyone thinks Hawaii is this like beautiful place where, you know, you're constantly on vacation, but then probably like the most stressful time in George Clooney's life in the movie is, you know, the day or the three or four days that we're seeing the week, you know? Um, and so I think it's, it's a, you're telling me a little bit when you watched it that you thought it was pretty slow. And, and I, I agree, but it's kind of just like, it really gets you in to this view of like what 
dealing with like the loss of someone so close to you is um and the all the emotions that go with that and all the having to tell other people about that like having to having to relive like your wife or your mom dying over and over as you keep telling people. Yeah. Well, I mean, I have to hand it to George Clooney and his, his acting chops because there are moments in, in the movie where his character seemingly like, you know, talks about business or talks about something with his daughter or his, one of his cousins or something. And then there's like, this pause and this look in his eye that it's like, yeah, he's talking about selling this land or he's talking about his, his daughter's stupid boyfriend, or he's talking to his, his parents-in-law, but it's like these silent moments that he experiences or that we, the audience experience with him. That It's like, he's not saying anything, but you immediately know he's thinking about his wife. Um, right. Right. And I think those are like really beautiful moments where he's taking those silent moments and thinking about his wife. I it's good or bad or sad or whatever, you know, you you get what he's doing. I I think when I said this movie is moving slow, I I meant, you know, watching this whole film now. You can kind of split this movie into two pieces, right? One is maybe three pieces one is before he even realized that his wife was cheating on him trying to find who the guy that she was cheating on him with and then finding him and what happens after they find him right and up to the moment where he tells his daughter in the pool that you know she's her mom is not coming out of the coma and she's gonna pass away and they have to take her off life support. Um, that was when I was telling you like, oh, this movie's kind of slow. But right at that moment, I felt like kind of um, a shift in gears that this movie was like getting somewhere. And I really enjoyed the the father-daughter dynamic on trying to find out who this guy is and like talking shit about him uh, with with those two characters. I thought I was like, okay, if this is but anything really enjoyable for uh, their dynamic. Right, and I actually think, uh, one, I don't think Shailene Woodley was dating Sid. I think she's way, way too good for him. Um, so there's that. But two, also, I think she was really amazing in this movie especially the scene you're talking about where she learns about her mom and then like kind of goes under the water and just like the, the, the crying she's able to do. Like, I always think that's like impressive. <laughs> if someone could do it, cry on cue. And um, you know what? I don't, I don't usually like Shailene Woodley. I don't usually like her as an actress, I guess, because the only thing I know her from really is, are those, um, divergent. Yeah. Divergent movies and i you know i've never really been impressed by those um but yeah in this movie you're right i really like uh i really like her character and i and i really liked her playing that character yeah and i also love right when she gets out of the pool like why'd you have to tell me in the fucking pool <laughs> why did you ruin the pool for me um yeah, no, I think she's really great. I think the little girl too, Scotty, is is pretty good for like the role she's she's given. Just like basically like being asshole ten year old <laughs> who is kind of like annoying to be around. Um, and so like I think everyone does a great job in this, and I think it's also like so the director of this. I don't know. If you, I don't think you're familiar with him, but he did Sideways, and then he did Nebraska, and then also Election, like the Reese Witherspoon movie. Um, but do you know, this was written by two guys. Do you know who one of the writers is? Cause I, I actually asked you this question in a different way a while ago and you didn't, you didn't answer my text. Um, uh, I, I still don't know the answer. No. So, cause I texted you that, uh, which, which actor in community is an Oscar winner? Cause the screenplay for this wrote, won the Oscar. Right, I know. I knew that. I didn't know someone from Community wrote it. Dean Pelton. Really? Yes. Moby? 
Yeah. Um, Jim Rash is his actual name, but yeah, like it kind of just blew my mind when, when I, when I found that out, I just like, because he's so amazing in uh, community and just like as a comedic actor in general to write something like, honestly, like this sweet, this funny, this like emotional of a movie. It's just like highly impressive to me. Um, and also the director, Alexander Payne, he like worked on it as well. He's like credited too. Um, but yeah, it's just one of those facts that you're just like, that's amazing to find Yeah, that, that is really cool. Yeah. Um, the, like you said, there was a lot of comedic moments in this film, uh, despite it mainly being, you know, dealing with grief and, and loss and, and whatnot. Um, and, and I think most of the comedy comes from the character of Scotty, you know, the youngest, uh, George Clooney's youngest daughter in this. Um, I especially like one of the funniest moments for me, at least was when, uh, he's on the phone with one of the moms and the mom wants them to come over and for Scotty to apologize for saying that if she goes rock climbing with her friend, she'll fall into her butt crack. That doesn't even make any sense. Uh, and, and, the moment that was funny, but the funniest moment out of that was when he says something like, Oh no, I don't think she's angry or whatever. I don't think she's taking it hard. And then it cut, it like pans to her out in the back porch and she's just throwing lawn, like the porch chairs into the pool. I thought that was funny. Right. That mom actually annoyed me. Cause like right off the bat, she's just like, I can understand wanting an apology because she's like, you come over here right now or I'm going to tell the Dean and your money can't buy you out of this. And I'm just like, all right, that's like very quickly, like kind of going for the jugular. Um, I didn't think so because that was like the first really fleshed out conversation in this film, like in the beginning of this movie, I was kind of disappointed because I didn't think the writing or the dialogue for her, that actress was very well done. I don't know kind of what they were trying to pull or anything, but I don't know. I think that was like kind of weak writing as far as dialogue is concerned. I mean, the whole movie isn't like that. And it really like kind of, uh, I guess I would say got better, but I, I didn't like the way that whole, it felt like that actress or that character was like too much of an asshole right off the bat. Yeah, no, I, I agree. That's why I kind of, it, rubbed me the wrong way i think there's another one too um and i don't know if that if that woman is like an actress or just kind of like a local actress in hawaii it feels like they like sourced a lot of the people that are in this movie from just like they brought in shailene uh george clooney a couple other people you know matthew lillard and then like everyone else is just like in hawaii and they like either did auditions or there's like local acting groups or whatever um the other one specifically too, the woman that runs the school that Shailene Woodley, uh, Alexandra like works at, her lines were just like a little weird too. Like in like the way she delivered them were a little like odd to me. And also like the other little kid that, that wasn't Scotty, the kid that came into the hospital. I thought that was kind of a weird, but I think that was purposely written to, that's just a weird, you know, yeah, it almost... 12-year-old girl, you know. It almost, to me, like, not saying... I'm not even saying that it was, like, bad acting. It almost just felt, like, kind of real, I guess, a little bit. I guess. Because, I because, thought... Because that mom is just... I think she comes off as an asshole, but I think she's also just really angry because her daughter is probably getting picked on a lot by Scotty, possibly by other people. Um, and so she lasted, she lashed out very quickly because she wanted... Um, what I think, what I found really funny, uh, after, like, as she's apologizing to the other little girl, did you notice Dog the Bounty Hunter was on the TV? Yes. I haven't thought about Dog the Bounty Hunter in, like, years. Yeah, I thought that was, I thought that was pretty funny. No, but I, I, I do agree with you. I, I, I thought the, the writing was kind of messy for her, that actress. I mean, I'm not, I don't want to pick on her too much, but, um, and I didn't think the acting was that great. Um. Everyone else did really well, though, I felt like. I don't want to pick on her, but, you know. <laughs> uh, 
obviously they they brought in Matthew Lillard and Judy Greer, but apart from them, I thought all the cousins were really great. I thought, um, you're right, probably some of the, most of the background were just Hawaiian locals, but no one, you know, did a bad performance that stuck out to did me. You know who? Uh, did you know who Cousin Hugh was? Yes, um, wasn't he in? No, I'm gonna I'm gonna look like an idiot. You just tell me what he was in. He's Bo Bridges, the brother of Jeff Bridges. And like really? Yeah, and you can obviously see the resemblance. But yeah, he's been a bunch of stuff too. A bunch of stuff too. It's not. Like I didn't know. Much. I didn't know you were gonna give me his like his lineage. Um, I thought you were just gonna tell me what other movies he was in. But I, I mostly know him from this. Um, show that i used to watch the uh the agency i think with uh he's also in homeland apparently too so i mean he's just been in a ton of stuff like he's uh a fairly prolific actor over the years yeah well then it's a good thing you told me and i didn't guess because i would have guessed wrong um what were you gonna, <laughs> what were you gonna guess well no i mean i purposely avoided that so i wouldn't be embarrassed so i mean what makes you think i'm gonna i'm gonna say it again moving on Oh, when the when the guy driving the boat comes up to like profusely apologize for for his wife's death, you have to imagine that he's done that probably every time they run into each other. It, yeah, he's a he's just an idiot, um, and it's like not only to, should you not come up there because whether or not you're responsible for his wife's you know soon to be death, you were involved, right? So whether you're actually responsible or whether morally responsible is besides the point. They don't want to see this person to remind them of like what happened at every moment. You know, they're out maybe trying to just have a normal lunch and you come over there to like ask them, Oh, how she's doing. And then one thing I noticed throughout the movie is George Clooney and the audience knows that his wife isn't going to make it, but almost no one else really does for most of the movie. Right. Um, and all these people are just like, she's a fighter. You know, she's going to make it. As yeah. you know, that's impossible. And for her, him to come over there, Troy, and just say, um, you know, I was talking to her and her hand moved. That's like a really encouraging sign. It's, which George Clooney is just like, all right, first of all, I already blame you for this. And now you're fucking lying to me. And I know you're lying to me. And I know you don't know that. Well, it's not even that. It's, it's I think, if I'm not getting the timeline mixed up, he didn't have that conversation with the doctor quite yet. Um, no, he, he had. Are you sure? Yeah, he had the conversation with the doctor. He went to lunch with Scotty. And then right after Laird Hamilton walked up, um, he Scotty runs off and he's like, hey, let's go get your sister. And then he goes and gets the sister because he already knew and that's why he needed to get Alexandra. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. And you also... You, you you didn't recognize Troy as Laird Hamilton, did you? Professional, you're not a big professional surfer. <laughs> no, no, I I don't even dabble. Um, okay, so he's a surfer. I mean, he looks like a surfer. Actually, honestly, he looked like my swim coach in sixth grade. But <laughs> beyond that, um, yeah, I mean, he's an asshole. I love how Scotty just flicks him off at the end. I thought that was just a baller move. I think anything that happens with, like, not outright enemies of this family, but, like, you know, antagonists of this family, I think the George Clooney or, or um, what's Shaney Woodley's character's name? Alexandra, right? Yeah. Uh, anything that Alexandra or Scotty says to anyone, you know, in the crossfire of the emotional battle that with their feelings with their mother, I thought it was great. Um, I think that leads to after George Clooney finds out from Alexandra that his wife was cheating on him, he goes to their best friend's place. Well, yeah. So, I mean, first the, the scene where, I mean, the scene where she tells him is one, like just really great. It's really great acting from her. It's really great. Just reaction acting from him. Um, 
And then it's it was in the trailer that part, and then the next part where he just runs. Yeah, <laughs> like in a really awkward. He has a really awkward gait as he's going. Um, Have you ever tried running in flip flops? Yeah, those look like boat shoes or something. Yeah, but it's not it's not recommended. Um, <laughs> no. Yeah, no that that whole sequence from the pool to when he's talking to um, I think it's Michael and Kai, whatever they're, they're friends. Um, and asking about, uh, you know, his wife's affair is all great. And I, like, it is really rough, but I love George Clooney just, like, going in on her. Like, you were putting lipstick on a corpse. Yeah, and and his her husband was like, man, that, that was harsh, dude. And um, it's, it's kind of like, I mean, it must be how it actually is in Hawaii. I mean, you and I have both watched Dog the Bounty Hunter growing up, and we get these like pieces of, of Hawaii. Have you ever seen Hawaii Five O? No. Like the show? No. Um, just imagine like CSI, but in Hawaii. And you get people that are in Hawaii, you get the sense, the way they're portrayed in TVs and movies, that they're very chill people. And the fact that this guy is like, man, that was rough, dude. Like that kind of attitude, I just kind of love that. Because if anywhere else, it would have been like, hey man, you can't talk to my wife like that. Like what the hell's wrong with you? But it's like so chill in, in the way that they do that. And she got so upset, obviously. But I mean, kind of deserved, I thought. No, I uh, I, I agree that, I mean, because... One, he's just mad because he's been dealing with all these emotions and he hasn't really been able to talk to anyone about it. And as soon as he starts talking to Alexandra about it, he gets this news and then he's just thrown a whole whirlwind. I mean, the, so the movie starts out with George Clooney. Um, and I'll ask you to give me your answer on this right after, but then it's a lot of narration, which I don't know how you felt about that. Um, but he's just kind of explaining like one, you know, in the beginning of the movie, his wife has been in an accident and he's kind of thinking, oh, she can make it through this. And, um, you know, he's got all these emotions of like, I never deal with the kids. I'm the backup parent. I'm the understudy. Like, this is her job and she's so great at it. Um, and then he's like thinking about how, oh, you know, my marriage has not been the greatest. And if she makes it out of this, you know, I'm going to sell the practice. We're going to sell this land. I'm going to give her the boat she wants. We're going to travel the world. He's like, I'm going to make this work. You know, because his wife is now like he's reprioritizing what's important. And you don't really get a good sense of how bad of a husband he was before this necessarily. You get the view from like his friends and then from the dad, which we'll talk about in a second. But, you know, he, so he's dealing with like, I don't have a great relationship with my kids because I'm not the one who deals with it. I don't have a great relationship with my wife. Now she's been injured. Then I find out she's dying. Then I find out she was having an affair. Like it's so much. And I'm dealing, I am responsible for the biggest land deal in like the history of this, of Hawaii, like since it became a state. Um, and like everyone's watching me. Like it's so, it's so much he's dealing with in this like limited period of time. Um, but yeah, so what'd you think of the narration? <laughs> I didn't mind the narration. I actually, it helped me follow the story a bunch. Um, and the movie's about him, right? Like, you can have all these great side characters in there, but essentially he's the main character. The movie's about him. And I thought it was a great way to, like, really get a sense of... And this is coming from someone who usually does does not like narration. But I thought it gave a really great sense of what he was thinking and what was going on in his head. And his his, like, paradigm shift as things were being thrown at him, the way his thought process changed uh i i will get into like a big shift in his thought process later but yeah i i think we should talk about his father-in-law because i thought that was one of the more interesting confrontations that he had father-in-law is an asshole i i think that's a bit harsh for the father-in-law he's losing his daughter and like yeah but he doesn't know that yet it's a no he does when we when we meet him he's like reading the advanced directive with that explains that she's like doesn't want to be on life support he's like the way he says korea like you know he's a racist 
Oh, but he's not an asshole. He's an asshole. I mean, the way he speaks to his grandkids and his his son-in-law, it's very like he punched snotty. Sid. Well, Sid kind of deserved to be punched. Absolutely. I mean, Absolutely. Sid, okay, so Sid is an idiot. Essentially, he's like this big doofus that has a couple of good qualities about him, and you can tell he probably has a good heart. But he's just an idiot. What What did George Clooney say about him? He's like a hundred miles away from being smart. <laughs> yeah, he was like. Oh, uh, what do I do about my daughters? He's like, oh, you know, you just wish for sons. He's like, yeah, I'd probably end up with you. Yeah, he's like, I'm not that bad. I'm kind of smart. And then George Clooney's like, Sid, you're 100 miles away from being smart, which I thought was a great line. Um, but I think, no, to back to the father-in-law, though, I yeah, think yeah. he is dealing with the death of his daughter, and he's lashing out. Like, whenever something bad happens, this is one thing that bothers me just in life. When something bad happens and you don't have the primary person to blame, right? Because the primary person to blame in this is either the wife or Troy. But Troy's not like criminally liable. So it's like, and the father-in-law doesn't know Troy. So he's like, I'm going to blame you because the reason you're responsible is because you didn't buy her her own boat, which is fucking stupid. But it's like he needs to blame someone. It's like, I guess, cathartic to him. And it's cathartic to most people that like to blame these like secondarily responsible people for things. Um, But in that, yeah, he is an asshole. And I think it shows the character of uh, Matt King, played by George Clooney, and the character of Alexandra, that they don't take the bait and be like, your precious angel you know was just cheating on my dad this entire time which i wonder what his reaction may have been like well good but well see i i kind of love that part of it right the restraint that that george clooney had during that whole time especially at the end where he kept saying like how much of a devoted and honest wife she was to him and you know the only thing i could think about with him not absolutely going you know, postal on his ass is the fact it's like, I have two daughters and he's about to lose his. And I couldn't even imagine what that felt like. Like, I'm just going to let him think that she was the angel that she thinks he is because it does like it, who it does no one good to tell him that she was like a, a slutty hoe bag, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. If you want to, say it that way i guess um but yeah i i you know i think the character of matt king was really likable just because of the kind of way he handled certain things and the kind of restraints he had on certain people yeah it it is interesting that he is completely likable completely someone that you're on board with that you can empathize with but then it seems like the way he's treated before the movie begins he is a completely maybe different person not like an asshole but just like distant and reserved and all about his law practice and isn't very like interested in taking care of his daughters or doing what his wife wants and just is like you know just more cares about what he wants and then now like now because of this tragedy he seems to be a person that is like as you said he's like restrained and like taking the high road but then also like being a pretty good parent having to deal with these situations um and which leads to like the next part when they go to the hospital and i thought it was interesting (laughs) matt and then his daughter alexandra both kind of like have these conversations with the mom and matt just like screams at her like how could you cheat on me with fucking brian spear (laughs) like um and then Alexandra comes in and starts like doing kind of the same thing. He's like, Hey, you have to stop doing it. Actually spanks her, which I thought was like an awkward, awkward thing. Um, and it was funny too. Cause he's like trying to tell her not to do something that he just did. And he's like, not getting through to her. She's like, I have every right to be mad. And then he's like, but you can't ruin her for Scotty. And that like the acting on Shailene Woodley in that, like you can recognize in her face that she got it. And like that yeah. affected her, which I think is, really like was really well done yeah i i think the whole dynamic like you know individually all these all these actors uh they've done really well to the characters that they play 
but together as an ensemble, um, they're amazing. I, I especially love the part where like a bunch of like, you know, cursing is happening in the movie and George Clooney is like, hey, you can't say that in front of Scotty. And then like in the middle of like something in the middle of the hospital room talking about another 12 year old, Scotty's like that motherless motherless whore and he's like who mother- taught you that yeah that motherless whore and she just points to her sister oh that was and Ale- so- alexander just sits back like oh yes she did learn that from me yeah um, um what did you think when you saw matthew lillard is that something you knew that he was in this or did it like hit you by surprise no uh you know so when when you first see his face in the in the film it was uh on that real estate sign and uh taylor and i were like oh it's shaggy because <laughs> of course that's where i know him from um i mean i know i know matthew lillard has been in a great many things um i think i very first saw matthew lillard in uh have you ever seen that movie without a paddle i think so with seth green oh god yeah i have that's a. Uh... That's a memory. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he was also I, really great in. Did you ever see the movie The Curve? No. The Curve is like basically a movie about um, these college kids that find out if uh, any of their classmates or either classmates or roommates uh, commit suicide that they all get A's for the semester. <laughs> and so okay. they're all they're basically it's like kind of this horror movie type deal where they're trying to convince this one person to kill themselves and Matthew Lillard's like the anti like the biggest antagonist in trying to make this happen. Um it's really good. It's a really interesting movie. Um but yeah, no, I think it was it was funny just seeing his smiling like dumbass face on the side, just like big shit eating grin. Um and especially since like the next time you see him in person he also has like a big dumbass shit eating grin on his face when he comes through the door and then you know george clooney is like hi i'm matt keen elizabeth is my wife and that just goes away i thought that was great yeah he no i think he is um he is really great in this i do like how when they're like trying to originally find him uh George Clooney's like, oh, we're stalking him. And uh, Shailene's like, we're not stalking. And a car drives by and they all duck. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, uh, <laughs> George running along the beach and seeing him and then trying to chase him down once again, like another George Clooney running scene is uh, is pretty funny. Um, but I think that the scene with George Clooney and Matthew Lillard, I think is one of the kind of one of the great maybe like climaxes of the movie and it's like very kind of satisfying to see him kind of get what he wanted like to just face to face with this guy but I also thought that Matthew Lillard is a, is an asshole for cheating on his wife and you know ha- having an affair with a married woman but I think he is also kind of very like real and upfront about it which I thought was pretty interesting yeah, I think, like I said, the acting in this film from from every from all the main guys, um, I thought was very real. Like, I I never felt like anyone was too overdramatic or melodramatic, and I felt like all the reactions were pretty, um, pretty true to life. You know, so when when Brian Spear, you know, is confronted with cheating on his wife with his wife i think between just hiding it in you know hiding it for in front of his wife and then having that confrontation it the the things that have been said and how he chooses to say it and then what he chooses to not say you know especially when he's confronted, like, did she love you? Did you love her? And then he answers some of those questions, but then he leaves some of those like un- unsaid, but you get the answer. And so does George Clooney um, just by the silence. I thought that those kind of choices were really well done. I love, um, 
when he asks, when uh, Matthew Lillard just says, oh, it just happened, George Clooney's like, nothing just happens. And he's like, everything just happens. Like, life just happens. And then George Clooney is like, well, did you love her? And he doesn't say anything. And he's like, oh, so you didn't love her. You were just using this to get after me. He's like, what do you mean get after you? It was sex. <laughs> he's like, how do you not understand it was an affair? Like, it was attraction. It was sex. Which kind of was. And that, I think that really shows you George Clooney's character as like a businessman, right? Like he can't understand, not that he can't understand human attraction, but that's not his first go-to. Right. It's not the first thing he thinks of. And, you know, I I was saying earlier that you have this thought, this thought process and you're kind of in, in Matt King, George Clooney's mind because of the narration. And I love the switch where he wants to go with this, like, better for the environment, you know, keep the money in Hawaii company when he wants to sell that land. And then he finds out that the guy that his wife has been cheating on him with gets, like, a huge, like, chunk of that money. He shifts gears and he's like, no, we're, we're selling to the other guy, which then changes to more like... um like not a selling, better not selling period well yeah i and i think that changes too it's like changes to a better character arc on like by not selling the land at all it's kind of funny right because he seems so close to his cousins but so far away from his own wife and kids but then making that decision on not selling he kind of severs the bond he has with his cousins but in fact, in doing that, he kind of grows closer with his children. I thought that was kind of a, a fun, like, uh, relationship to, to figure out. Well, I don't necessarily think he severs the bond. Because I think, I don't know how, you know, Cousin Hugh, who is kind of like the lead cousin that most of them seem to follow, um, doesn't, he kind of seems to accept Matt's answer that he's not going to sell George Clooney's answer. Um, but you don't know how he's really feeling. You know, initially he's like, I'm going to sue you. And he's like, George Clooney's like, well, okay, I guess go ahead. Like, what you know. Um, but I, th- I think this movie is, is interesting too because there is this like overarching like Hawaiian capitalism concern. Like, mm. yeah, so I went to Hawaii on my honeymoon. It's it's so beautiful. And it's it's something that like the the area that they say that the Matt King and his cousins own in that trust is like a really like famous spot on Kauai. It's fucking gorgeous. And so like the idea, like if you've been there to like, that's the area that they own and are going to sell, like is, is kind of preposterous. But I think the, the, the idea in totality of like, you know, you have Oahu, which is like, it still has these beautiful parts and coasts, but it's really like grown up. And then you have like the Kauai's and the Oahu, um, the Maui's and the other ones that are like, there's not a whole lot on there. And so it's like beautiful and it's great for tourists, but like, is that the best thing for the locals and what do the locals want? And like, as an outsider, I would hope that they wouldn't industrialize, build up Hawaii too much because like, why the fuck would you want to go to Hawaii for that? You know, I mean, you can go golf anywhere else. Um, but I think that the idea is that it plays with that huge concept in the movie with all this other stuff going on. And I do think it's interesting too, like why George Clooney changes his mind. Cause there is the selfish reason of like, I'm not making this asshole a ton of money. Like no way. Which first of all, if you're a real estate agent on Hawaii, like you're probably doing well already, so like, whatever. <laughs> right. Um, but there is also too a point where Scotty's like, you know, they're talking about all the times they went camping on the land they owned with, uh, with their mom and whatnot, and how he's like, oh yeah, we all went camping here. And Scotty's like, I'm gonna go camping here too. And it's like you're kind of giving up this thing that you had that was like really important to your families too. So I mean, there is that part of it as well. Um, and I think it's, it's I, I think his motivation is kind of in a lot of places, but yeah, screwing over Brian is probably part of it. Um, yeah, and I actually, I was really rooting for him to to mess up the deal just to screw over Brian. Um, 
it, so let's talk about exactly how Matt King, George Clooney's character, gets a hold of this land, right? Because it's like passed down from you know father to father to father, and the whole thing is is that he's related to the you know his great 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 grandmother is a princess of Hawaii. Do you believe for a half a second that George Clooney is Hawaiian, even like a tiny little bit? Well, they do address that a little bit in the end. So apparently the King part, you know, his last name, his surname um, is like a, a guy who like married the princess, right? So this could just be some random like white dude or whatever. Um, I think they said it was the banker of her parents or something like that. Right. So, I mean, it's like, you know, and he even kind of addresses when he's talking to cousin Hugh, he's like, listen, you know, for some like, happenstance reason 150 years ago like this was set into motion and now we own a piece of hawaii and when we really shouldn't and he's like and because of that like we're hawaiian you know our blood is hawaiian but i mean like there's a very big history of movies using like white white leads to uh <laughs> right maybe this this was like one of the last years where you could uh, get away with that because i think soon after aloha uh had a pretty big problem with um Emma Stone playing like a, a an Asian character in a in a movie that takes place in Hawaii, which I never saw. I never saw that either. I heard about the the problem. I don't know if it was uh, good otherwise. Right. Well, I mean, yeah, and then also none of his cousins look Hawaiian or remotely Hawaiian. Um, I <laughs> I just think it's kind of funny you're going to cast this like. 16th Hawaiian guy, and it's going to be George Clooney. You know, we talked about how restrained George Clooney was. Yeah. And uh, I love when he asks Brian Spear, like, have you, did you ever come into my bedroom? And he's like, once. He's, and you just see it in his eyes. He's like, wow, you really could have lied about that one. And for some <laughs> reason, Brian's like, okay, twice. It's like, whoa, what the fuck? Like, that, why? I think now is a really good time for me to explain the rule against perpetuities to you. Yes, please go ahead. <laughs> no, I'm just, but it is really funny that there is like this uh, huge legal concept that is like one of the things that's really annoying, like for lawyers to study or if you have to deal with um, that is like a huge plot point in this movie. And I was, uh, before I was, uh, I want to do a little research to see like if there was any way to get out of this trust, but I mean, it's like a state law issue in Hawaii. So I'm not going to do that much research, but there was an article that said like George Clooney makes the rule against perpetuity sexy. <laughs> the other, I guess the other dynamic of this film that you have to kind of, we have to talk about um, is I, it's not really like a, a character dynamic, but it's, it's the ending of the movie. Cause you know, his wife's lying in the hospital bed. She's been doing so all, all film. And, you know, you've had this, like, final confrontation with her husband, with the daughters. And then at the, like, you know, final half hour of the movie, it's this kind of, like, montage on, you know, her being off of life support and, and family and friends are coming to visit saying their final goodbyes and then again comes in the father-in-law and i i think it shows like real character growth with the daughter and sid kind of standing up for matt king and then obviously you have that scene when uh judy greer comes in I like when she walks in and they say, uh, introduce her to Scotty. I'm like, this is Mrs. Spear. And she's like, uh, it's Julie. <laughs> You're like, does that mean, uh, I, they don't really say whether that means like things are over with her and Matthew Lillard. I hope that they can uh, work them out, I guess. But it is, it is a very like another person just <laughs> yelling at this uh, lifeless body about the bad things she's done. And I think it's kind of interesting. I think George, George handled it pretty well. Like, like, all right, I think that's enough. I think you, uh, thank you for, thank you for stopping by. Yeah. I thought it was kind of a weird scene. I think not the fact that it wasn't a necessary scene. Cause I, I think it was, but the fact that it happened at the very end of the movie was kind of, I mean, this is not a very long movie. I think this is like 
hour 50, hour 55. And um, the fact that that scene came at the very end of the movie felt like it should have come before and there should have been a kind of another wrap up. But then again, the way this movie ends, you assume time has a little bit of time has passed and they're spreading her ashes in the water. It's hard and it's difficult and, you know, they have to grieve and, uh, but you, for me, I kind of felt like most of the grieving was happening before she even passed away. I think the whole time she is kind of in that hospital bed and once you know she is dying for sure, that is like the grieving starting. I mean, you can see that with Alexandra and you can see that with George Clooney quite a bit that he's dealing, you know, it's, she's already dead. You know, when, before the doctor tells them, you know, there's some hope, but once, once they find out that she's never going to wake up again, that's when the grieving actually um, starts. And so by the time they are spreading the ashes, it's been quite a bit of time to where they are, you know, doing better. And they've kind of dealt with the issues of what the mom did. Um, and I think, yeah, they are probably in a, in a lot better place. And I do also like it. I think it's really odd, but just the, the ending credits where they're just sitting on the couch, like eating ice cream, all watching a movie. And it's just like this real time shot of them just sitting there watching what, like, a Morgan Freeman, like animal documentary, which, whichever one it happened to be. Um, but yeah, I, re- I, I, <laughs> I kind of thought it was pretty interesting, but yeah, I mean, they are at that point, it is kind of like not a happy wrap up, but like a, a content wrap up that like, you think this family is going to be all right now, which is, you know, for a movie that's dealing with this many emotions, it's like, it's like a happy but also kind of satisfying uh, end to the movie for me. Yeah, no, me too. I didn't have a, a problem with the way the way it ended with them just kind of like watching TV together on the couch. And, I, you know, I mean, that's kind of the completion of his character arc. I think where this movie fails and my only issue with this film is that you you get you get a sense of who Matt King is dealing with the loss of his wife and all the regret that he has and all the promises he wants to keep about being a better father and about being a better husband. And I feel like the movie starts out on him, uh, him being on the road to that. And where this movie fails is that you don't really get a great sense of how bad of a husband or how bad of a father he actually was. And I think that would help you kind of understand how much he has changed by the end of this film. So for me, I have to take it by what the narration says about how crappy of a husband and father he was. But watching the movie, I, you know, he's fine from beginning to end. You don't really get a great sense of, of the person he was before. I mean, I think there are clues, right? And I think that that also lends to the, the idea that this movie is just sort of the day in the life, right? Like there isn't, besides the narration, there to me isn't like a lot of unnecessary exposition in the movie. There aren't a lot of lines of dialogue where I'm like, they put that in so the audience would understand something. I think the rest of the movie is like, we want to make this dialogue and these scenes as natural and as real to life as possible. And so there are bits and pieces here and there. And I don't think Matt King was a terrible father or husband. I think he was just distant and potentially like not really, he kind of thought he knew the way things needed to be. And they didn't need to make these extravagant purposes. He said he learned from his father to like not spend this inheritance money and not be like all of his cousins who, you know, have spent all theirs and are now broke and really need this deal to go through. One of, one of the best quotes in the movie was give your kids enough money to do anything, but not so much to do nothing. I thought it was a really great quote. Because I would just totally want the money to be able to do nothing. So, which is probably why. So I, 
but bringing back to it, I don't think he, he's not this terrible, like villain character that like was abusive or anything. I think he was just distant. This is like a normal kind of an everyday family where like things kind of drift apart. And because he's not as present and his wife is off doing whatever that they're, you know, their children are acting up a little bit, but not necessarily in this like crazy way. They don't really go into, there's just a, a, a line about, Alexandra doing drugs and going out with old, older men that you're just like, all right, well, what was that? Um, but I think, I think they do kind of just, like I said, the, the scenes and the dialogue to me are so natural that it's like, they don't feel the need to fill the movie with like a bunch of exposition. But I, I can't understand the complaint of, I wanted to know more of the backstory. I do get that. Yeah. I mean, even like, even Sid got a really good character arc. I felt like shoved in there. Um, I didn't, I, I feel like Sid. So I watched this twice in preparation. Uh, like the first time I was just like, I could have done without Sid. Like if you had just taken him out of the movie, I would have been very a okay. Right. Um, Cause he's just an idiot. So I feel like his, like the, some of the ending moments are just a little bit too intelligent for him. Right. But overall, like on the second time I watched it, I was like, I guess it just kind of wor- it works. But, you know, it wasn't as necessary. Essentially, what does he really add to the to the movie? Um, uh, other- he, ad- he adds the scene where uh, an old man cold cocks him. That's what he adds. I mean, that was good. That was good. He was definitely like the comedy relief. So that was uh, or maybe Scotty was. They both were. They both were. I mean, essentially as simple as this movie was, I really enjoyed it. I'm really glad you, you got me to watch it because it's definitely something like I've seen floating around, but I sounds bad, but it never looked interesting enough to actually watch. Um, but I'm, 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 I'm glad you told me to watch it. I'm glad I watched it. I thought it was really heartfelt, entertaining and, uh, like, Honestly, a really good performance uh, by George Clooney and, and the rest of the cast, too. Yeah, I mean, don't forget Shailene. Um, th- this is a movie that, despite, like, the subject matter is very enjoyable. And I think, like, the scenery has a lot to do with that because you're just, in every scene, just, like, looking at something beautiful, like the houses or the, the outside or whatever. It's just all pretty amazing. Um, but in that, there's just like this really funny story, this really sad story. And like for anyone in, you know, who has dealt with death watching this movie, it's like, I think a movie that really resonates with you about how that can go about, even if you're, the circumstances around it aren't as wild and crazy as this. So uh, for me, that just makes it like a really great movie and um, one that I kind of enjoy going back to from time to time. Yeah, I can I can see that. I I think uh it's definitely kind of a it is a sad movie, but it's kind of an easygoing movie, so I could definitely watch this again. Well, thanks for listening to another episode of I Finally Watched. This is David and this is Alon and I finally watched The Descendants. Bye.